I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nungabuja. Today's guest is the creator of Australia's only live stage late night talk show, Ebsworth Tonight, a platform for rising talent across Australia featuring news, current affairs, comedians, musicians, celebrities, in-depth reporting and hard-hitting commentary in a production like no other. This show, along with a plethora of other incredible productions, will be appearing in the WA Comedy Week from the 7th to the 13th of November. The week celebrates the funniest people from the funniest state, and I'm thrilled to be chatting to one of those people today. Colin Ebsworth, great time to take a drink. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. That was a really nice, good write-up. Oh, thank you so much. I just steal things from Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't know to even do that or to like read from a press release or stuff. That was good. I mean, it was a a very basic Google (laughs) told me everything I needed to know, which was the yeah. Comedy Week, and then your name. And I'm like, great, cool, let's just run with those two facts. A lot of people will just be like, his name is Colin, and here's what I'm looking at right now, and here's a general description <laughs> of the person that's Can you really? Can you be like, um, across from me today is a… Yeah, today a, we're with Aria. She's wearing a shirt. It looks like snakes and ladders. I could be mistaken. It's a dress. You're already fact wrong <laughs> right off I the know. bat. Facts Sorry, is this not Rogan? <laughs> Yeah, in, in factual facts is where we're going, I hear. Yeah, you're like, oh, son, oh, my God, Arya started talking some real sense. You get a bunch of people that, like, everyone's marching to Hen House Studios. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be so down for that because then at least I could be like, I have listeners. Yeah. Thank you so Definitely. much. You have listeners for a couple more months until not getting the vax hits them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me. It's very nice. Of course. So I'm going to dive in with what I want to be my only question, but it never is. I'm a, I'm a liar and a fraud. So for you, <laughs> why comedy? Um, I was always told that I was very loud. If you want to get the really in-depth answer, um, I... Very much like comedy because I was raised in a family that was a very different. My parents were matched in a mass wedding in a cult in the 80s. So, Hell yeah. yeah. Which cult? Let's <laughs> we're at Unification Church, Reverend Sun Yun Moon. If you want to hear more about it, you can come to the show that I'm bringing back because it sold out so well this year in Fringe. Yes, a plug before the three-minute mark. <laughs> critics, Choice Nom, uh, me, me, my calls and I. Um, I was performing that at the Recobite Goodwill Club basement, but we had a crazy sold out season and I'm bringing it back uh, for Fringe this year as well. It goes through all the cults, how the family got together, all the ramifications and what it was like. I had a very different upbringing and comedy was a way that I could relate with people and communicate Mm. in a way where I felt, hey, everything's very weird and we're clearly different, but here's comedy that allows you to still engage. So we did that for a very long time. I had a recent ADHD diagnosis and those two things come together and made comedy. (laughs) 
<laughs> and make comedy. <laughs> and make comedy. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. So like in the world of like picking what you're going to do, what like skewed you down the comedy path, right? Like obviously throw the parents out the yeah. window. Don't actually throw them out the window, but let's like disregard them for like three seconds. So a lot of performing, we came from a very active performative um, family. All mm -hmm. of us, pretty sure. Yeah. Every one of my th four total siblings mm -hmm. was the lead in the school play which sets a precedent um <laughs> so when you got understudy it was like damn yeah know? i know one time i did i was furious and i was like i'm coming back next year what year was seven the play? what was the play oh it was something terrible and then year seven i came back um i had to be like a butler and i just powdered someone's feet like no lines <laughs> no <laughs> lines <laughs> the downgrade on downgrade where everyone's like we're disappointed in you we really wanted you to be annie how dare you yeah and then next year i came back and was doing some like steve Irwin thing and it was very funny Wait, um, in what year were we doing Steve Irwin? Year seven. Oh, no. Yeah, this was back when, before he was, back when he, sh people were like, you should be on the money, as opposed to now where they're like, oh, he should be on money. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yes. like the same thing, but it's like, it's very different. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I was doing that. And then all through high school, I was like, obviously joking around. Yeah, we used to write these little notes and like put them in my pencil case. Yeah. And then people were like, oh, you should definitely do this raw comedy competition. And that was the first gig ever. It's a national comedy comp. Mm. And I went up at the Charles Hotel. They had to like sneak me in because I was 17. And I just tanked it so hard. That's and the was rules like, though. I think you have to tank, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like um, if you win money at the casino, you will always be going back. But if you lose, you're like, you know what? I can call it here. But comedy is like the opposite thing because you're mm. like, no, I need to prove it. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and now 12 years later, I'm still trying to prove it to that crowd at the yeah, Charles Hotel. Yeah, since then there's been like no <laughs> successful gig. It's just been like every single week going Every single high. week I'm bombing. <laughs> How do you bomb upwards though? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's the trick. That's Isn't, the American in me. I'm like, hey, what if I bomb so bad that people remember it? <laughs> ask Trump. I think that's his whole career is yeah. bombing upwards. <laughs> but that's what I did. Uh, and then, yeah, we went through that and then stand up and then shows and you went to that usual process. And then I still very much liked being able to write a stupid amount of stuff and be able to put it out and then mm -hmm. be done with it. Whereas stand up, you have to write stuff, put it out, workshop it and present it for years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really don't like that. And I like doing stuff that's more current and political. And so then I did a couple of gigs where I would do like monologue jokes. Mm. And then that kind of went into, hey, what if we did a show in like 2019? And that one went wild. And that was the first iteration of the talk show. We kept going mm -hmm. and now we're doing monthly shows um, and it's been a trip. It was doing good. And then we started a TikTok this year and now it's like <laughs> millions of people are like, this guy sucks. <laughs> but in a good way, you know, I mean, you can't do political stuff in Australia and expect people to go, yeah, you know what? We've been a politically apathetic country forever, but I think this guy's, I think this young hotshot's got to turn us around. <laughs> So anyway, it's a lot of people that don't like AFLW and a lot of people that want to change the date, just button heads. Great. No, no that's like the end. I, just, I was going to yeah. put a big silence there and just be like, great, everybody think about what it is to, <laughs> to not want women to play sports. Yep, yep definitely. Um, so anyway, TikTok is an open platform, but that is the journey right now. That is, you powered through that in like something that normally takes most of my guests like 20 minutes to get through. You're like, no, these are the three main dot points. <laughs> I am, I'm working off three brain cells after a, after a weekend trip down to dwelling up for one of my very good friends, 30th. So it was a, it was a Burning Man, I think, festival. So um, in case there's anyone listening, we definitely did not light an effigy because apparently there is a complete fire ban. Yeah. Just going to say this time of year, I don't think you're allowed to light fire. <laughs> Yeah, and we didn't. We definitely you didn't, didn't. You totally didn't do that. Of definitely. course not. No, <laughs> we, we respect. Definitely the didn't rules. happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit more about Ebsworth tonight and about the sort of content that like you like to explore in it. You talked a little bit about the monologues and stuff. Yeah. So the usual format, and I've been a massive fan of this, like ever since I was a kid, mum was American. Um, so was, a huge, no, I know that's a running <laughs> joke. Oh my God. You're so good. You picked it up. Most people don't. You say mum was American. She still is. There's no cure. And all Australians go, ha, 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 ha. Oh no. Elitism where <laughs> we're sticking it to the man. Um, Comedy was a way that she was able to relate to her roots back mm. in America. So we would watch all the SNLs and all the sketches and, you know, mass rental from every blockbuster and movies for you, the same clips mm-hmm. um, ad nauseum. So there was something I really liked about the talk show and especially Rove was a great, very formative oh, so thing. Oh, you were watching like Australian talk shows as yeah, well. Yeah, and US talk shows and I always just really liked that. So the format of the show, we'd go up, um, there's been a, Huge learning curve now, and it's very interesting. We have the talk show in the format we have it now, but if I was to talk to me a couple of years ago and be like, you need to do it this way and think through the reasons as actually you have learned, mm. it's very hard as an artist to, I guess, gauge your growth. But yes, yeah. I don't know. For anyone struggling at home, I would very much recommend asking yourself why you make every decision that seems inherently just the natural choice and you actually find a lot of learned lessons and a lot of growth which is great because for instance we had before I was looking through the format and someone was like oh why do you put like a little voiceover sketch before we go like a little hey turn off Mm. your phones blah 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 and we go oh we have to do that one because we tried live sketches but people aren't used to live sketches and they don't understand what's going on we tried pre-recorded stuff and that's too harsh we tried a warm-up comedian but we can't afford the warm-up comedian because of the budget and it blows out having the comedian on later (laughs) so there's all these different things (laughs) so we do a little warm-up thing with my co-host Sam Cripp who's a beautiful hilarious man and a six foot seven just a Behemoth, sexy piece yeah. of fettuccine. Um, he is a <laughs> very That's a very skinny, specific, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like if someone cursed a curly whirly with life. That is where he's at. Um, you know. You've just aged yourself so massively with curly whirly yeah, <laughs> But um, yeah, he's hilarious and he'll do that. I'll come on, do the monologue, a couple of topical jokes, and then we go to the first segment, which is hot take, which is just born out of, you know, white guys being like, how can I have a hot take? Um, there's aren't we'll, enough white guys with hot takes I know I know and like we're, we're trying to find a way to work in more white guys because you know Channel 9 just will not return our calls until we have that reverse diversity reversity actually. reversity <laughs> I just Jesus. thought of that I'm going to work reversity into the schedule you're going to write it down quickly yeah I need to I know. That's trademark like reversity a, right now that's like an ongoing frustrating joke for friends where I'm like hey can you just stop talking for two seconds after I write something down on my phone <laughs> and then the next day I'm like this is terrible yeah, what is this This bit of paper that just says reversity over and over yeah, again? Yeah, what? definitely. It'll be terrible stuff. Why am I cancelled? What happened? Um, yeah. <laughs> Why am I cancelled? What did I happen coming to Fringe 2023? <laughs> <laughs> it was just me with them. Well, you're TikToked reversity um, and that's going to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. You're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, sharks. <laughs> I want to pitch you reversity. And they're like, what is this? That's not a state of mind that yeah. it is an actual thing. It's a platform that takes what you've said off the internet so you get uncancelled. And then you get to see your kids. No, it's you bad. get to see your kids. And then you get to keep doing your podcast, bro. Um, that is a really dumb idea for a sketch. Uh, but we would do hot take and we do a lot of segments about certain things. We actually had a really great one the other day about Roe versus Wade in the States. Um, and this is the kind of one where I'm like, okay, this would be cool. And I'll just, if I can pitch you it. Please, pitch right, me cool. it. Great. I am the be all and end all of, of opera singing. So like totally pitch me. <laughs> 
this Roe v. Wade. <laughs> well, I was really happy with it because we're talking about growth as an artist. Yeah. And I was like, this is actually, we got so much positive feedback from this bit. People were like, that was the best thing you've ever written. I was really happy about it. You're but like, great. Thank you so much. I hate all my other jokes. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you're meant to do. If you're yep. not looking back at the arts you made six months to a year ago, then you haven't grown. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a harsh rule, but it's a um, very fair yeah, you're not looking back on your last TikToks being like, God, I dance so much better now than who are you? Yeah, actually, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, a, a very comparable thing. You can be like, hey, this one didn't have subtitles or a funny title and it didn't have the hashtags and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we did this whole thing about Roe vs. Wade and we're like, look, I'm a white guy, so I'm not going to talk about it because that's just not where we're at and we're in a different country and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm we're trying to get picked up by TV. Yeah. You know, so we can't be talking about this in Australia because obviously, you know, no one in Australia is on TV, saying anything real. Um, <laughs> yep. We want to get funding. Um, so we were like, I'm going to talk about everything but this issue okay. and stay as far away from it as possible. So here's everything in the world that's going on that isn't Roe versus Wade. And so I picked a bunch of news stories and it was like, Boris Johnson has resigned, um, but he's staying on as interim prime minister. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that people are forced to like have to continue with a decision that they made in like less than a day. You know, and now they're forced to carry this fucking baby to term. And like so, and then we did the next one, which yeah. is like about, oh, scientists found like, the building blocks of life, molecular organic matter on, um, on a meteorite, which mm -hmm. is great. And it's such a huge thing. I mean, but they're just the building blocks. No one would say that a bunch of organized molecules together is like a living being. Like that's not what scientists would say. And then we kept doing that and doing that. Yeah. And eventually people caught on. Uh, I was really happy with that bit. <laughs> And then we bring on like a guest presenter, which is someone just to take the tension away from the bit that can kind of get a bit heavy. So you want yeah. to kind of relax. Um, so we'll have someone come on and, you know, you know, we have um, Alicia Marsh, who's a great comic, came on as like King of the Lesbians once to talk about, um, you know, how the Pride movement has some similar things with civil rights when BLM was going on. We had for the Christmas show we had. Um, of course, because that's a levity topic. You're like, oh, we're just going to bring energy nice and light. So let's talk about yeah. BLM. And okay, well, here's movement. actually a better one because that was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> one time we had like Stepfather Christmas, which was this in-joke that Sam doesn't talk to his real father Christmas. So he's stuck with his stepmother. It was for a Christmas <laughs> special. We do like a wrap-up every year. We'll be doing one in December actually. Um, and then we go to a death segment, like a, you know, which is the classic like, Letterman's top tens or mm. Jimmy Fallon's uh, thank you notes, which I love. And we've had some hilarious ones throughout the years. But now we do like a Heroes and Villains as a sponsor. Shout out Heroes and Villains. Osborne Park, they just ran the road. Um, yeah, because everyone's in this room. Like, everyone's in this are. room right now. I normally don't give out my address, but like cool. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, for Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> so we do that and then guest and then a musical act. Uh, and then we come back in the second bracket. We usually do some like lighthearted sketch stuff. Um, we had a really funny one just after Stranger Things. The last season dropped where um, Sam was like missing in the venue. And then we came back and we found a way to flip the lights upside down and we redecorated the whole thing. And it was oh, like wow. him getting stuck in the upside down in the venue. And like it was just so... So stupid. He starts presenting news segments from a bizarro reverse world yeah. where everything is the opposite. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we'll do Colin's Corner at the end, which is me kind of summarizing or bookending the themes of the show. So mm -hmm. it's really um, just an hour and a half of vanity just so I can do hot take and <laughs> Colin's Corner at the end. Yeah, these are the things that you wanted you know to do. I mean? How do I flesh out the rest yeah, of it? Yeah. And then we close on like a performance. Um, the last one we had, we had this amazing uh, comedian, Staden, Hayden Stevens, sorry, who uh, unfortunately has advanced um, uh, advanced degenerative disease. So he is in a wheelchair, but he hadn't, um, because of fear of COVID and because of his worsening condition, he hadn't performed in like years. Yeah. And we got him up to perform and he had such a ball and it was like such a moving, moving sweet thing to close on such a surprise 
kind of thing. And I think everyone vibed with it. It was great. But that is kind of the basis of the show. It's really just an hour of trying to get people on board so that I can say the stuff that I can't say in regular comedy clubs. Ah, okay. Which is what? Like, what are you trying to get people on board for? Is it just like building a relationship? Yeah. So building a relationship so they understand that you're coming at a place from being connecting and wanting growth rather than just being, hey, you guys should think this. Um, Unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff working against people um, in the arts, uh, let alone in the arts in Australia, let alone, let alone the arts in Australia in WA. (laughs) Yes. Um, I mean, the stuff that I'd be able to get on, like, away with in Melbourne would mm. be way more. But there's a huge problem. You know, even simple stuff, if you – this has been like a lifelong thing, which is why I'm kind of frustrated with stand-up sometimes. You have to go on stage. You have to do a self-deprecating joke because everyone's like, oh, he's an okay-looking guy in his 20s or whatever and he's mm. confident. And then they're so like – you have to hate yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, he's the bully from high school. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but yeah, that's what you got to gotta do and you got to work with people and be like, like, you know, are they angry at you or are they angry at – every person that looked like you that hurt them before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all just working from trauma, but it's like comedy just brings all that to the forefront. Um, so you can't do stuff that's too intelligent because there's obviously a huge anti-intellectualism in Australia mm. and then there's political apathy on top of that. So how do you get people to care about something they don't care about that's going to make them feel like you're telling what to do if you try to make them care? And Australians don't like being told what to do because yep. we're inherently always told what to do. So that's the whole issue. We were being told what to do, but then we became the biggest narcs when there were like rules and stuff in place. So like we were the ones who'd be like, oh, I've got to call the cops. I saw a guy who was going yeah, to the shops definitely. and not wearing a mask. And I've and got to like from, biggest narcs. Yeah. yeah I largely, um, I mean, if you want to get into it, because I love international relations and you know, country development, but no one ever thought, hey, um, anyone have any ideas what's going to happen if we take the worst of an entire country and put them in another country? <laughs> like, hey, what's, mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. did a joke about this about, um, why and this is the stuff that people hate in comedy clubs but like in the talk show you can get away with it's like no one ever asked that question like the idea of australia sounds like a pitch for the world's worst reality tv show like we put a whole country's convicts in a different island let's see what happens when we leave them for 300 years on i'm an australian get me out of (laughs) here but stuff like that stuff like um what i would do about you know changing the date and they're like oh it's un australian to change the date and it's like well actually they're asking a bunch of people to pack up all their shit and leave like that's og australian Mm. but unless you have a crowd on board and willing then that is just like too much and they're like no sorry can you bring back carl baron 20 years ago please Because this is too past. real. Yeah. yeah. I need Husey's old stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Husey's old stuff. I opened a packet of snakes alive. They were all dead. And also, why are so many women getting assaulted? Like, <laughs> that's never happened. Yeah. I did a bit about Carl Barron going to his therapist and people fucking hated it. What? Some people got it. It was just okay. a bit about like, hey, you know, we don't like people saying realer stuff. It's like, do you guys remember that bit Carl Barron did about, you know, the rates of domestic violence? And people will be like, no. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why they're not – because you're not getting like being the biggest comedian in the country if you're yeah, talking you about that. you did it for a week and a half and then when no one wants to hear yeah, this, I'm going to yeah, go. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, even that brings up its whole own issues. So it's really hard and that's why it's a live stage late night talk show and not a televised late night talk show. <laughs> but we're getting there. I mean, we had – we brought on a executive producer from Mago Productions, Marion Barch, who is uh, incredible and has produced hundreds of hours of content across SBS, ABC, Nat Geo, BBC. And even getting her on board was like talking to Screen West and getting an answering machine and her the next day being like, so I spoke to the CEO and they really what? liked it. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Oh, look what phone numbers you have. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so in the last six months, we've had responses from like Netflix and Stan and ABC and Channel 10 and Paramount. Binge is an important well, Robert, no, no. Robert Murdoch owns that. No, like a no, a no response is like they won't email you. 
feedback. Yeah. Um, a response that's like, hey, this is cool. Like we're going to we're gonna check what's going on in the next 12 months as in like we're going to follow you along because we don't want to take a risk. Yeah. Is a maybe. And then a yes is obviously like, a yes is like, hey, this is great, but can you do it in England or America or <laughs> Melbourne or Sydney? <laughs> can you do it anywhere? Can you not do it here? You mm. don't do local material. We hate local material. Yeah. And that's also another tricky thing. How do you make material that is WA centric, but also national and international applicable? Um, yeah. Yeah. The entire problem with this whole show that I do right now, which yeah. is WA expose is, is like, nope, it's hyper local yeah. on purpose because like the voices so you, don't get a chance. You'll yeah. end up with a more engaged initial audience, but there is a very clear ceiling. And I think that's mm -hmm. across the arts in WA. There is a clear ceiling. It yeah. used to be that Perth comedians would go to Melbourne, even the award for the best comedian at the Perth Comedy Awards by the Laugh Resort, um, which is the oldest running comedy club in the country mm. but doesn't get recognised as that. Um, they Their main award is the fuck off to Melbourne Award because it was just <laughs> understood that you go to Melbourne. Yeah. And then it got just to a point where a lot of acts were like, we're just making enough, we can stay here, but the ceiling is very real. Mm. Once you're headlining at the clubs and doing some hours of material, fringe, like that's it. And now everyone that I know that's gone interstate over the past few years and the amount has drastically reduced, but they're all doing so well, but it still is a very real to get out of WA. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's like, I'm going to go to my first break in two seconds because getting out of WA is a big uh, topic that I love to cover in the second half. It's like how we improve oh my God, we our should local definitely, scene yeah. and like get right on into that because if there is a ceiling, how do we expand that? Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to talk about WA Comedy Week as hey, well. that's why we did it. But so. I mainly need a drink of water. So like, we'll be right back. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back. Uh, we went on a major tangent off air with Colin, but I want to dive straight into the WA Comedy Week. Let us know how that came about and just like all the chaos that seems to be jammed into one week. So thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> it's a really <laughs> exciting festival. So I work with another incredible events promoter, Ronan Freeburn, who did Rotto Fest, who did Free Royale, who did a joke parody festival that he come up with that he came up with on a whim called Guna Nugs. Making fun yep. of all the pork and cider and wine festivals. Yeah. And he's like, what are the two dumbest things I could put together? Oh, goon and chicken nuggets. Yep. And it sold out like three years in a row because he just made it up as a joke. Like that's the caliber of guy that I'm dealing with in terms of this. And me and him have worked together on a variety of projects um, you know, from sketches to events and collaborations. And we noticed that there was not only a space in the WA uh, markets and 
uh, comedy arts communities uh, around the November point before mm-hmm. Fringe. But we also noticed that there wasn't any specifically comedy focused things that were specific comedy specific WA. Mm. Um, you know, like there's Perth Comedy Festival, which is yeah. great, but that's also largely a vehicle for uh, interstate acts. There's Fringe yeah. World, which um, has comedy as its largest percentage. I think it hovers around 35 to 40%. Yeah, I've just beat out burlesque, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, just beat out burlesque, yeah. Um, uh, that's obviously broad across the arts. No mm. one group really gets. It's not, you know, the Fringe Burlesque Festival or the Fringe yeah. Comedy Festival. And the Perth one is often the road show that we get to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Perth is about April, May as well. Um, and then there's a road show on top of that, yeah. So anyway, we just had this idea and we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just got the best people out of WA um, because there is a huge issue right now with people either not realizing that WA has stand-up at all. Mm. Like, oh, I didn't know there was comedy rooms. And it's like, there's a booming comedy industry. There's so many. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, or people going, oh, you know, everyone's good comes out of Melbourne and Sydney, which is the same issue that you and I would come across mm. for any of the arts. Totally. Um, and, you know, the talk show as well. So we thought, hey, what if we kind of worked on some kind of festival and it came down to the idea of a week just because we wanted to capitalize on FOMO and fear of missing out yep. and push that urgency. And then we started with the branding and we had some really cool ideas. Um, and then we settled on the, you know, the laughing swan yes, which, is which so iconic. It's at great. first i hate it i was so really? against it yeah i wanted a wa like catch the weight like laughing waves of laughter like i wanted a coastal kind of thing but then oh, i saw yeah, yeah. it and i was like okay i'm coming on board because <laughs> we needed you do need like you need your main branding which is like the fun cute stuff but then you also need the professional looking logo which is yeah. what that ended up being which is great and then i was kind of more thinking like what post do we want and then we ended up with that great poster i don't know if you've seen it now the one that has all the iconic wa stuff mm-hmm. yes. um you know what's the word i'm thinking of yeah all the iconography yeah. but it's anthropomorphized mm, yes. uh, into like laughing people um so we started working with that we thought comedy week great we picked a date great and i'm breezing over so many trials and tribulations <laughs> but everything was great 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 everything no, um, I've never had a struggle in my life. Yeah. yeah. And we went to the record bite first. We knew that they would be like, mm. that would be the big hurdle getting the place. Uh, yeah. And they were so on board and up for it, which is great. Ronan has run Crush's Comedy there, which is now looks like one of the most incredible galas in the country. I mean, it really looks like something special. They have the big light up lights. They always pack out and have great acts. I run comedy in the basement there um, during Fringe and throughout the year. So we're like, okay, great. We have our main kind of festival mm-hmm. uh, hub. We approached some other venues, started the massive process of trying to get people into state that were formerly Perth acts to come over um, and went through any number of grants. Thankfully, City of Perth was a G and saw a huge amount of potential. Um, so we got them on board and Feral um, Brewing as well and a bunch of really great local cafes and establishments. And then it was just a matter of reworking the program a million times, a million, million, million <laughs> times. We have a variety of um, festival produced shows, which I'm really excited about. The Pride Gala is the mm. one we were mentioning before, which is the, uh, I guess we thought it would be appropriate timing during Pride. And we also knew we wanted a queer lineup, um, like a solely queer lineup. Yeah. So we went with the Pride Gala, which is a name that I pitched to a queer comedian ages ago. And thank God you didn't use it because <laughs> I love it so much. I was like, Can I, I want that name back. <laughs> I want I want a gala back. That's well, so gala good. Back in my yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Funniest Femmes, which is our all um, femme-identifying uh, lineup. So that will be on the Thursday. Pride Gala's on the Friday. And we also have the incredible Flynn V um, doing like a WA Comedy Week kind of edition of his hit show, Flynn Green, V's Freak Green Out. Freak Out, yeah. Yeah. So um, that way was perfect because I we wanted to cover as much of comedy as possible. And we realized that I and Ronan are not super across the cabaret burlesque. But mm. by bringing in Flynn, he can – 
absolutely capture that market. So now it's like this really comprehensive across music, stand-up, improv, storytelling, galas, showcases, cabaret, burlesque. Like it's every conceivable thing <laughs> yeah. stand-up um, to show people, hey, WA is doing it all. Mm. And a lot of really good people are coming out of WA. I especially like the Q&A on the Monday because we thought so many festivals have workshops and mm, yes. Q&A type events, but comedy never gets that. And I was like, I want to ask Rove questions. Yes. Like I know all these people and like we've been, you know, we've gigged together and stuff, but I was like, there's still questions I want to know. So we got Rove, Peter Rosethorn and Janelle Koenig, who were all just crushes out of WA, mm. hosted by Simone Springer, who's another great friend of the stuff I do. I'm not sure if you've come across her, but. A couple of times. Yeah. Simone's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Simone's amazing. Um, so she'll be emceeing that. And then we also have a bunch of workshops we were really excited about. We were like, hey, let's give back. So we have Matt Store hosting like a free workshop on oh, the Tuesday cool. on how to do stand up. Yeah. Um, we had a few others in the works that still might be coming on board, but it's just about getting the right people to be able to do them. Mm -hmm. And the issue we're finding is if they're the right people, then they're the right people for a lot of different projects and have tons on. <laughs> so it's yeah, like balancing those things yeah. together. And but the we great have, and uh, terrible thing all at once about grants is that like you find out like a week before you actually have to start doing the groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so fun because I don't know about you. I'm not one of those people that likes consistency. I'm like, yeah, let's let's let the anxiety get as much done as possible <laughs> during this. But we we are lucky, and we have had you know uh, a good amount of interest so far. And then obviously from programs like this, which is terrific, throwing us a very big helpful hand. Um, we also have. If I'm just going through the program right now to tell you all my favorite stuff. This is stuff. great. You're just listening to the programming for me. And I'm like, this yeah. is camp. I'm just listening. It's oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I wanted, I guess, yeah, to tell you about how these kind of things came about. ABC has been doing these amazing series of comedy debates. And we were like, oh, we have to have debate in mm. there. And ABC, we managed to talk to them and they were open to it. And we got them on board. And they ended up being like um, one of our media partners. And they had this debate. And they're doing which side of the river is better, I think, north or south. And I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to drop that because when this comes out, it'll be announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be announced. That, that's I'm what I'm doing. I'm just doing, doing the math. <laughs> I'm getting doing the math. No, I'm doing yeah. that a lot. Everyone will get across from me. They're like, can I tell you about my fringe show? And I'm like, sure, why yeah, not? Definitely. <laughs> sure, okay, by cool. the time you'll be able to talk about it. So go yeah, on. Yeah, cool. All the conspiracy theories I'm privy to, you know, like about um, Anthony Albanese um, being assassinated. Oh. <laughs> oh no. The Queen is dead by now, right? Is that that's happened? That's I'm pretty happened? sure. I'm pretty sure in this timeline. Only, okay, yeah, cool. only on this timeline. Okay. Though. Yeah. yeah. It was weird seeing Prince Harry on the voice, I will tell you that. Yeah, um, it was a, really a bunch of stuff that like we're predicting. What do you think will have happened in a month? I love doing this with the talk show. We do a news forecast. You know how there's a weather mm, forecast. Yeah, we yeah, forecast yeah, what forecast news events will happening. come up based on what's happening now. Mm -hmm. I reckon we'll be like, oh my gosh, the summer is so hot. It'll just be like the same <laughs> shit we do every year. It'll <laughs> be like, oh my God, the, the, summer. Sum the summer is hot. I didn't know that bushfires were still a thing. We're like, bitch, we mm, told you last year that bushfires were a thing. I can't it's wait. just the same crap every year. So my yeah. predictions will probably. And I'm so sick. I don't know about you. I'm so sick of super COVID where it's actually less effective if you wear, it's more effective if you wear masks. Like I hate that because now. No masks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It yeah. comes through the eyes. Yeah. blinking. Oh, and, and everyone yeah. everyone like effectively got the monkeypox vaccine. Yeah. I'm just is, throwing that out there because great. that would be nice. Oh, and yo-yo's coming back, but yo-yo clogs. <laughs> so you like throw them down for every step as you and it just covers your feet in time, then that's the worst. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. But what a so fresh album. What a yeah, so fresh. So fresh hits 2023. Yeah. So good. It was so really good. I didn't actually I think that um, Kim Kardashian could sing. Yeah. But I mean, I think the whole but world the was The fact that wrong. it was run by the CPP just to get access to our phone camera data. That was, you know what? <laughs> actually, credit to Xi Jinping. That was a bowler move. 
That was true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it all, it all like, uh, came out in the wash there. <laughs> uh, it all came out in the wash. Yeah. And of course, Biden fell asleep uh, driving his own car. We Thank God sure. he was parked and in a McDonald's drive through but it was, it could have been close. Really could have been close. I mean, it's been okay because I think that like the dog that replaced him as president is really doing yeah, a good job. <laughs> you had a big day, little Biden. <laughs> He's like all sad. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, it's either that or we joke around and there's actually been a bunch of nukes that have been launched. And <laughs> totally. This episode yeah. just comes out and people are like, what are you people doing? Like, that was really that insensitive. That was so insensitive. Super COVID is a thing. Super COVID is a thing. Um, if you touch fingers, yeah. you get it. Like, I know they banned the high fives. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fist bumps are okay, though. It's yeah. only flat palm to palm contact that we have to avoid at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, like, every gym bro ever is just living. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, we have that. We have ABC. I don't know <laughs> what that was. <laughs> we have the ABC comedy debates. We have uh, Matt Hale, who is our favorite comedy hypnotist. This guy is like really amazing. We had him as a guest on the talk show and he hypnotized mm. me and Sam and it was uh, amazing. Wait. <laughs> yeah, so he is doing that, but he's also doing a fundraiser. So ABC cool. is going for charity and also he's doing a fundraiser for a lovely family friend of his, a girl that's been um, in a very serious uh, accident. Um, and he's doing an amazing thing with that. So we're very happy. We have Sons of Fred who are one of the funniest musical comedy groups to ever mm. come out of Australian stand-up and they're based here. Um, they are just amazing. They've got dance moves. They, oh, I hope they close out the show with the Dirty Dancing rendition. Um, You're like sitting there being like, as a producer, I could tell them to, but I'm not going I to. I know, I might have to. Like, hey, guys, this is, this is non-negotiative. Executive power, let's go. Non-negotiative. <laughs> Um, and then we have obviously our um, Funniest Femmes. Friday is uh, Pride Gala and um, The Motherhood, who Simone's part of The Motherhood. Mm. That is just insane. When we talk about good people, like good acts coming out of Perth, they are selling out more than uh, most, more than like 90-something percent of paid comedians in the country. They are just sell out. It's a group of three mums or they do the parenthood and bring in some dads in as well. And I don't know if you know this about mums, but they drink. <laughs> they, they really drink. I've never they connected have, the dots there. Uh, yeah, you know, they never... have like one night off a year. They book it off. They're like, hey, I've, <laughs> I've, got, a, I've got a babysitter from Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> a babysitter from Fiverr. A and the record going Fiverr. like, hey, can you only ever do this show? Our bar was empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a wild show. Like they're great. They sing and dance and stuff. But anyway, it's just pure mums. But I adore these, these guys. Um, and then Saturday we have... A big lineup. We got Todd Talks, which I don't know if you're across, but that is improvised TED, Ted Talks, talks yeah. which is like all you need to know. It's one of the funniest things ever. They'll ask the audience for a suggestion. Like, let's say I'm going up there. I'll go up there. They'll be like, okay, here's your suggestion, but they'll use it in a sentence. Like, you have to prove something, something, something is. And then, yeah. so you are triple thrown out into the wilderness. They have a bunch of slides you've never seen before and you just have to riff and then there's props and you have to like do a full TED Talk proving mm. the point that they said that you had no idea about and it's hilarious. Then yeah, Janelle, I think it's like what Joe Rogan's entire show is based on, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so but everyone gets a free bite of elk meat, so that's fun. Um, Which of course we don't do here. It's yeah. swan meat, to you know, brand. It's swan meat. <laughs> it's tofu elk meat. You're like, I don't know who to hate about this. I don't know who this. Maybe <laughs> mad at the vegetarians, although yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a weightlifter, but he's got dreads. I'm like, you are the worst of both worlds. You're the Hannah Montana of terrible <laughs> personalities. Um, <laughs> But we have Janelle Koenig after that. Janelle mm -hmm. Koenig is, um, she's been our best-selling act already. She's incredible. Um, just has this, like she's been doing stand-up for over 20 years. She's amazing. Um, one of the only Australians to ever get asked to do Last Comic Standing in the international edition, which wow. is huge. Yeah. Um, she's been on radio and TV. She writes for like Eurovision, but she's doing her first ever like best-of show with an actual live band because Hell she does yeah. sing and yeah. it's going to be 
Sick. And then we have the All Stars Gala, which is all our favorite acts, which is going to go nuts. Flynn V. And then Sunday, what I'm super excited for, the last event of the um, festival is Sunday Roast Battles. And I can't wait. We've got a bunch of comedians who are all like notoriously able to write brutal stuff. And I know because I've been backstage with these people for the past 15 years. You've been roasted by them for like years and years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we're doing this just me and you in a closed off space. It's not to make sure that there's no sound interference. It's just you never know where they might be lurking. They're all like like outside waiting for you to come out. Just look at me just blowing nice legs. Is it leg day or peg day? I'm like, damn, that's solid. That's solid. Um, but we have that. So they'll be roasting each other. Then they'll be roasting specific things about WA and a kind of more like collaborative thing. And then mm-hmm. there'll be final like images coming up of WA centric stuff that is like a freestyle thing. That will be so exciting. And then in the other venues, we have a bunch of former interstaters like Mike G, who is now on uh, The 100 with Andy Lee um, on mm-hmm. telev- television. Television. Yeah. I don't um, know if have... knows what that is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's like big iPod. Okay. <laughs> Big iPod sounds like a conspiracy, though. You mean, you mean free Netflix? Like, what is that? Yeah, Free Netflix. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> um, and we have Beck Charwood, who is an amazing uh, act that has is now coming back from Sydney. We have Andrew Portelli and Anna Piper Scott, who is an amazing comedian that happens mm. to be trans and she'll be hosting the Pride Gala, yep. which will be fucking sick. They're yeah, so, so such funny. an inspiration is like, yeah, her show such an inspiration is such an inspiration. Yeah, definitely. That's why next year I'll be doing um, Colin Emsworth. This guy's the worst, and people are like, oh, this guy's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or I mean, or you're just setting a really low bar. So people are like, oh, you know what? It was mm. actually fine. Well, okay, I do. If I can let you in on my fringe show for next year. Oh yeah. There was one, and I I can't do this anymore. But it was going to be um, I'm a dumb reviewer and my butt stinks because then the reviewer would have to say the title before the review. So like, I'm a dumb <laughs> reviewer and my butt stinks. It's a solo show by Colin. I'm like, I've already won. I've already won, son. Um, or maybe like I give this reviewer five, zero stars. <laughs> it's a show, but blah, blah, blah. But what I actually am going to do is douche. Mm. But I've approached it to so many people and everyone internationally, like my girlfriend happens to be from the state. She's like, oh, I get it. Douche. That's funny. And Australians here are like, why are you calling it douche? <laughs> like they don't even understand. They like didn't even see the French accent. They yeah you know? yeah. It's the same thing that I get because I've got the uh, accent on the E on WA expose. So it's yeah. exactly the same thing. They go expose. 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 Yeah. And you're like yes. Yeah. It's, it it's doesn't not even expose. You actually mispronounce. Expose. The, yeah. Yeah. Mispronounce <laughs> the word that you've misidentified. Mm, yeah. Totally. Completely. I'm gonna fully dog leg turn on you here because as dog much as turn, I baby. want 20 minutes of plugs, I have no. A that's question. it. Those are all the good. Go for it. Okay, so we were talking a little bit before, if anybody remembers the seven years ago when we were talking about um, the ceiling of Western Australia. Yes. Uh, events like uh, WA Comedy Week and these sort of different things that we're putting on, are they attempts to like push that ceiling to a different place? Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, what we're finding is, or what I found in you know 12 years of doing stand-up, is that there is that very clear ceiling. There's X amount of money that you can make mm. just to stay afloat doing the clubs and the gigs and the Fringe World. If you have a good Fringe World run and then a comedy festival, I can just tide you over here. But right now, that still doesn't mean Channel 10 is coming out to regularly scout. That doesn't mean Melbourne Comedy Festival is coming out to regularly scout. Mm. That doesn't mean these opportunities are kind of here. And it's about saying, hey, there is enough talent. We are good enough. We don't have to go and amalgamate with another state's scenes. We can survive on our own financially, which is great. But it's one thing to have financial stability. It's another thing to have the opportunities um, and the availability of opportunities. I don't know. I could make money off doing like an open mic a week, you know, if I was running it or something and if I wanted to scrape by, which is fine. But mm. no one big is, there's no, there's still a ceiling there. No one big is coming over. So how do we create the financial stability um, for people to be able to perform year round? And this festival is one of them. And on top of that, how do we make a festival like this have enough people coming in to make 
more uh, opportunities available to people. So yeah. that's why we brought in like the networking mixer because mm. a lot of comedians are great um, on stage, but what I find is like they have no ability to write an event by. They don't know how to network with specific uh, media people. And mm. I've like fallen upwards in a lot of these instances <laughs> where it's fine, but it's like now we want to share that around. Um, so this first year will be a very interesting thing. And if and when we do pull it off, which will be great, coming back next year, I expect it to be really massive. Like yeah. I would love if we can get, you know, uh, All Stars Gala filmed and put on TV totally, because yeah. it's like they do that for the Melbourne Comedy Gala. Mm, why not here? Yeah. Why not here? And we could totally be doing that. And it's very slow, but it's happening. Um, I'm not sure what brand or guess genre of the arts that you come from. Is it? I'm trained as an opera singer. That's like my background. Okay. So like we talk about ceilings, their ceiling. We tried to pass that years and years ago. Um, but yeah, so I, but I work more now as a vocalist in a lot of other scenes. because mm. I find opera to be fairly elitist, which isn't a new thing that I'm saying that's like pretty established. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's stuff like that as well. And there's little things about Perth that um, we definitely need competition. Actually something that I have now fully come around about. Mm. You need the ability to have competition in a scene but you still need to be better than the competition. And I'll give you the context for why I say that. So when yeah. I first started stand-up, I would go to comedy venues and it would be, let's say, five acts and three or four would be interstaters, mm -hmm. which was good at the time because the level of exposure that I got to acts that were outside of WA was massive. Yeah. And I was speaking to an older comic now um, who's a great guy, John Robinson, and he was saying, I would love it if in you know 10 years down the line it's the roles reversed and it's like, you know, four or five locals mm -hmm. and then one interstater. And then that happened, but that happened not because the comedy scene got better, because flights and accommodation and travel became completely inaccessible. Totally, yeah. So the comedy scene became very insular and with insular comedy scenes breeds a lot of like lack of diversity and lack of new ideas mm -hmm. and infighting and all this stuff. And what I noticed is when interstaters come over, all of a sudden people stop going, Oh, this person, that person, they go back to like, hey, how can we make the scene better? Because we want to collectively work together to have these opportunities present. So, mm. Oh, that's really, really interesting because that's something I think that's been happening in the art scene here in general. Like I mm. I, call, I ended up calling it the circle jerk recently because like we all ended up um, performing just to our friends who came to our yeah. show and then we'd swap and then the people who were in the audience would get on the stage and we'd all watch them and yep. we'd clap and go, oh my gosh, isn't our scene so progressive and nice yep. and stuff? We didn't bring the audience with us. So like we left them over there and just yeah. went, great, we did nice. So we need, we need stuff that will like at a national level, will make it easier for artists to travel interstate, mm -hmm. which will also have the benefit of being able to let Perth people go over. And we do have, I would say, the most expensive flights, bar people from Darwin probably. But, I mean, we, for getting artists over for a round ticket, were looking at 850, yep. which used to be 500, which used to be 400, which used to be three-something, <laughs> you yes. know, 12 years. Like now this is, it is insane. Um, mm. And that's a massive barrier that Perth people don't, that Perth people have to look at as opposed to a Melbourne to Sydney, Melbourne to Sydney. Totally, which is something that's kind of strange considering that lots of people when they're beginning their artistic journey, I know that it mm. happened in opera, would be told that like, oh, but you can't do it here. You have to fuck off for a few years yeah. and then eventually you can come back and then we'll like you again. Yeah. So you're basically told like, okay, I hope you've got 10 grand because you have mm. to leave. You can't uh, yeah, stay. and I noticed that, yeah, when, when you're in the same way that there's, you know, from a marketing angle shows – if there's, if it's less available, mm. then obviously people want it more. And I noticed that at an individual professional level, if you're away and when you come back and it's like, hey, can we give you the, the spots <laughs> and the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I was yep. here before, but I, I, within reason, I understand that. So allowing people to travel more would be great mm. for the scene. Um, definitely more festivals and more government 
supporting funding. Unfortunately, we have found that a lot of people do not see comedy as viable, do not see comedy as respectable or worthy of the respect that dance, cabaret, um, mm. opera might be able to. We talk about, you know, the elitism that yeah. you experience in opera and comedy has the other thing because it's like, oh, you guys are the clowns. And clowns uh, can clown anywhere. Yeah. Clowns can cl- – you don't need money, clowns. You don't need – Your setup is easy, therefore yeah. it's not worth anything. But it's yeah. like, hey, a really good fringe run or a really good comedy show or whatever can make in stupid amounts of money and it's far more accessible mm. than even, you know, dance or whatever because people might not go to stand-up, which is the issue that we're finding. They go, oh, I don't really go to comedy, but everyone likes comedy. So there's yeah. just a disconnect between getting the people that like something to actually understand the value of being able to go to it but that permeates throughout the entire industry. And even from a, yeah, attempting to get grants perspective, we come a lot across a lot of, but there's already comedy in WA. And we go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's like irrelevant. I guess that means that we have to stop. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I've never, there's, oh, there's a lot of people here. We, we better not build houses. Like, yeah. so <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> but then on top of that, we're like, oh, we don't think you'd be able to get, you know, top talent. And I'm like, that sucks <laughs> because isn't your job meant to support the growth of new talent? Mm. Like, that was, yeah, hearing stuff like that is interesting. But then other people are like, oh, amazing. You'll bring from a, like the projected sales that we can like very comfortably mm. project. It's like, oh, you're going to bring in hundreds of thousands here. Great. Yeah, oh, you have a record a of doing this. Setup, yeah. yeah. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. Great. The talent you've got is like, you know, when we talk about who's national talent, it's like who is bigger or at least more well-known than Rove. There might be someone, like I couldn't tell you who. I mean, he was on multiple Logies, millions of people saw him, mm. bigger stars. When you look at like a Peter Rosen with Kath and Kim, a Janelle Koenig who's been across everything yeah. in WA for decades. So that one is is tricky to navigate. But I guarantee as the more we do this, you know, Fringe, for instance, was very small, announced the third biggest in the world. Yeah. So hopefully it's just a matter of, you know, down a couple of years down the line, people are like, oh, yeah, stand-up. WA is great for stand-up. Oh, my God, I'm so good. <laughs> There's so many interstaters and they all just have to sit at the back of the room because there's no space for them. In the lineup, yeah. Yeah, like they still, we still want them to come here. Yeah. We just want our acts to be better than because they are so used to the competitive like grind mindset of like got to write, perform, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'd love it if interstaters came here and then were like, oh, sorry, there's no space. You have to just watch because Mm. our guys are better. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I think like I probably say this a thousand times, but it's like participate in the art scene that you want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's really, really good. And to a large extent, like I, I felt a lot of guilt for like a long time about you know comedy. I was like, oh, I want to run these rooms and give mm. back and blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, I'm kind of tired of that. And then someone was like, why don't you see the sh- talk show was like that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, well, you've got like a crazy diverse talk show mm. and you're giving all, everyone all these equal things. You have all these really clear code of conducts and guidelines and expectations for mm. people. And it's like, maybe you don't have to work backwards maybe the thing you create moving forwards can have all that and let it permeate out. And I was like, oh, okay. So I felt a lot of guilt being like, I should give back. But now it's like, oh, no, wait. Comedy Week is the most diverse mm-hmm. comedy festival in WA's history. And the talk show is the most inclusive thing and we're doing all this crazy stuff. So, yeah, everything moving forward is the festival and the arts you want to yeah, participate in. Completely. Um, and on that note, do you want to just like tell us where to find you on social media? Yeah, sure. So personally, it's just Colin Ebsworth. You can find me on TikTok doing a bunch of really obnoxious, annoying things. <laughs> or you can check out Ebsworth tonight on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of new content coming out over this next six months because there's a huge back catalogue of like hours and hours and stuff. WA Comedy Week is on all the socials. Tickets for WA Comedy Week, www.wacomedyweek.com. Uh, and also, uh, hopefully, 
hopefully you guys can check out socials because we might or might not have by the time this airs, but I would love to give away some tickets to listeners. So please follow WA Exposé. Oh, doing Am my I saying that right? No, you are. Exposé. Yeah. yeah. W- <laughs> w- <laughs> WA Exposé. Exposé. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all of those fantastic links will be in the show notes. And remember, everyone, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favourite podcasting app, or send us a question, waexposepod at gmail.com, and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you very much, Colin Ebsworth, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. WA Exposé is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Exposé. If, if it wasn't for the vapes, but I would. We, no. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.